This is Carl Folks, the contract killer, here with uh, 2C Audio. Let's get into it. 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 
two seat, two seat, two seat, two seat. Got the fans, I don't need reviews. Got the bands, get my mama food. No romance, no romance on the pedestal. No romance, no romance on the pedestal. You are now listening to Two Seater Radio. Two Check, check. We are in the city of Philadelphia, downtown Walnut Street right now. Um, I've got a special guest that has been a supporter of the show from very early on. Um, and, and, and I've been a supporter of his work and the information that he shared. And I'm excited. I'm excited for this episode and what we can kind of dive into and talk about. Um, Carl Folks, everybody. <laughs> Yo, how's it going, y'all? I'm happy. I'm happy to be here, man. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So... For those who don't know, Carl is an attorney, um, an entertainment attorney to be specific, yeah. uh, but not just that. You, you wear a lot of hats, and I kind of want to get into all of that right. during this short conversation, but definitely want to have fill it up with some good, impactful information. So for those who um, are fans of entertainment, fans of music, I always say you don't have to be an artist. Um, you, you, there's so many other ways to make an impact, and I would like for you to kind of dive into like the gap you feel and, and how you feel that what's the importance of your role within today's like industry yeah no that's a, that's a good thing i think uh, a lot of people don't really have uh sort of the understanding that you don't everyone doesn't have to be the rapper producer to like making it make the impact and a lot of people in the industry will tell you a lot of the playmakers aren't rappers or producers they're they're the other people so um you know what i try to do is like bring transparency to, to the industry that, mm-hmm. that severely lacks it. Yeah. Meaning, you know, information is, is tough to get. Uh, concepts are sometimes tough to grasp. Music publishing is just a is a whirlwind in itself. So, you know, I usually, I just use my platform, uh, whether it be online or, you know, I teach at Drexel as well yeah. in, uh, in Rowan. And, you He's know, also I, a professor. That's yeah. why. That's <laughs> so why. I try to use my platforms uh, in, in, on the media, you know, because I, I, I grew up in this era. So yeah. I know how to use Twitter to, to relay information or 
or uh, you know Instagram to relay information. So I just try to bring transparency to legal issues and, and deals and all that sort of stuff that that have tricked people for years. I I mean I've seen you like I I went to the producer grind um, live event. I've watched a number of your interviews prior right. to this. Um, a lot of lawyers or attorneys charged for every little thing, but you, I mean, like you just said, you're a professor, you've put the test online, you put essays out on medium.com right. for people to receive free information. Uh, what do you think is the benefit for you in being so transparent and, and sharing that information with this new generation on these free platforms like Twitter, Instagram, um, and kind of helping people for free, whether they're your clients or not? Yeah, you know, it's funny, it's like, it's not even, for me, I don't even get the benefit, you know, in my opinion. Uh, people think I'm doing it necessarily for some sort of press or attention, but, you know, for me, it's like, I've always chased impact. It's like, yeah. this is an industry that lacked transparency. This is like a culture that has been, you know, especially African-American culture, that's right. been sort of a used and abused. And a lot of that's just because people don't have the information. So, you know, whether it's journalism with my essays or whether it's like teaching with with some of the stuff I'm putting out on social, or whether it's my actual law pra practice, I'm just I'm chasing the impact more than anything else. It's like let's keep protecting our culture, like let's let's keep yeah you know um, learning and, and educating ourselves so the next generation isn't signing six album deals for 50k up front. <laughs> you, know what I'm you know, I'm like not an attorney, but I've read a number of your essays and I have a number of your writings that I still need to read. Um, but I want to ask. They always say, and this is just man to man. They always say like, oh, when you're black, you gotta be ten times better than your like white competitor or your or your, your Caucasian brother, right? Right. Um, we see you do a number of things beyond being an attorney. You you write these essays. You you do the courtroom. You create content that have open dialogue. And then, do you find that there are challenges in being an African American attorney within entertainment, which is a predominantly, especially the hip hop space, which is predominantly just black producers, black um, artists. Do you find challenges being an African-American attorney? Yes, and I would say with an with, uh, with the exclamation point at the end, you know, I, I was listening <laughs> to uh, Reggie Ose, Combat Jack. and uh, Rest in peace. Rest in peace. And yeah. one of the last things he did with, I think, Mogul was, uh, he did like an interview with Mogul and it was kind of talk, it was like his last bit of life and he and he was giving out sort of his, his discourse and his career and um and one of the things he said talked about was kind of like how everyone was like loved the party about with him, you know, share his like, you know, give out his cards and stuff. But people just, you know, at some point, usually just wanted a Jewish or white attorney, and it was right. one of the one of the more disappointed things he had to deal with. It was one of the reasons why he left entertainment law. And I feel like, you know, rest in peace again. I just picked up where he left off in that sense. Yeah. Like, you know, clearly I know my worth. I know the value. Uh, and I'm not lying to you, uh, and it, yet it, it feels like, um, you know, I'm still fighting uphill battle in that mm -hmm. regard. I feel like, um, and that's why I asked the question, because I feel like not a lot of attorneys are out here creating, um, for those who don't know, Carl has a content piece called The Courtroom. Right. Um, a lot of people aren't doing that. A lot of people aren't offering solid writing, written pieces. Right. Um, and, and, I mean, it, it forces you to be visible in this space I feel like do some people feel like maybe you're you're not focused on your law, but I kind of see it as you knowing that if you just were approaching people saying, hey, I'm an attorney as a black guy, and everybody's like, well, where's my Jewish lawyer? Or where's, right. you know what I'm saying, a white guy I could trust. You're very sure of yourself, right. but you have to do, go above and beyond to prove 
<laughs> that you're like sure yourself by creating all of these extra platforms and extra do extra work beyond just closing a deal or making sure a deal is right. So I mean, I, I think you're I think you hit it on the nail. I think that is a knock against me, right? It's like you know, is he focused or wholly on the law? But like you know, once again, it's like there's a couple reasons why I don't think that's fair. One, it's like I don't have I don't ever want to have the most bandwidth in terms of clients. Like. I want to really work with the clients I want to work with, mm-hmm. so you know, so I can give them that individual attention they need. So, you know, I don't go days without contacting you know clients when business is 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 there, mm-hmm. you know, that stuff. So, you know, you could talk to them. That doesn't happen. So, um, but I would get it. It's a it's a natural knock. I'm doing a lot, and you know, law is a very taxing job mentally. Yeah. that's why I think I should get more respect. <laughs> no, you know what I'm saying? Because uh, that, that's the sort of time I'm on. That's why I'm like, bro, I'm doing that at a high level. And I'm decoding the language, and I'm doing media, and uh, it's all one fluid machine heading that direction. And um, you know, I, I just wish, uh, you know, inside our culture, especially the African American culture, we would stop trying to uh, devalue each other. Right, yeah. right, right. I 100% um, agree. I want to. I want people to kind of find out more, a little more, like as far as the background. Um, on Carl, like where are you from? Right. Where are you and like how you kind of develop this this mentality, this kind of like go hard, go home. I know you got a basketball background. I mean, right. I kind of want people to know where this mentality was developed before we became an attorney. Yeah, man. So you know, I'm from South Jersey, uh, right across the bridge from Philly, and uh, you know, spent a lot of time in, you know, I guess those neighborhoods, whether it be, uh, you know, where I, you know where I, I spent most of my life is a small section of a city called Voorhees, which is Echelon. Uh, and then, you know, Camden, and then Sickleville, mm-hmm. those sort of places, playing AU basketball, uh, and doing a lot of stuff that doesn't have to do with basketball. <laughs> uh, and, you know, just, 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 I was that, that was me. I was just, I was just a regular kid, like music uh, focused. I really thought I was going to the league that sort of time. So yeah. uh, that's that, and a lot of that. And then, you know, I'm- Just developed that grit. Just developed that grit. And then, you know, you go up to New York, you know, for college, and you know, you start getting into like those entertainment circles and the party scene and the culture, which I was already a fan of before. Uh, you just, you just, it all starts coming full circle. And you're not so much watching anymore. You're actually in it. Yeah. You become those kids who are actually, you know, creating the culture. Yeah. So uh, I did that. You know, I was. I, that's why. You know, I think when people talk to me, they're like. And sometimes you don't sound like an attorney. It's like, well, you know. And you got I, the retro J's on, yeah. the camo pants. Like, right now, if you can see them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like, you know, I came up that way. and um, But it doesn't, it shouldn't be a knock on, you know, anything else. Yeah. No, I, absolutely. And so we, you brought up culture a few times. I don't even try to use that word as much, but I understand where you're coming from. Um, off the air, we just kind of had a conversation that you're kind, you're trying to fight, you know what I'm saying, for the importance of, of guys like two-seater or, or you talk about the New York scene and one of the uh, mutual friends we have, shout out to Jordy and Will, just guys like them who have grassroots movements that are really changing the, the views and the perspective and what's cool and what's hot and what's next. And like you always talk about combating and fighting for that and like trying not to let the industry say, hey, you guys are worth nothing. Right. Uh, can you speak a little more towards that? Yeah, I think well, what we have to understand is like, there's so many different distribution channels that we have now and have access to that like, like we create the culture, so it's like, um, you know, TikTok, for example, is a great reason. TikTok, um, kids were using TikTok before labels saw the value in it, and then now labels are like, all right, 
you know, there's so much value in TikTok. We need to, you know, let's get the TikTok kids going. That's how they almost promote music. But we knew that before the labels did, or we knew that before industry people knew that. Um, so it's like understanding those gifts that, that are actually there, which is like the, the actual creation of the culture, the actual uh, trends and, you know, setting. That's us. That's the people. That's you. And that's guys like you. That's guys like, you know, Jordy and Will. Uh, and I know a bunch of other people who, mm-hmm. who really dictate what's happening on on that on that street level, that cultural level. And I know that the influence is there. So it's like if you with so many distribution channels that we have now, uh, I always, I just don't understand sometimes why the big machine is needed. I think mm-hmm. I'm a great example of that. I run my own solo practice law firm, and, uh, and you're doing a great thing. I've met a number of producers you work with, right. um, and then obviously we hear success stories online, and you're bridging that gap between artists being fucked over right. or producers being fucked over um, and getting their just due. Um, where do you see individuals that are trying to bridge that cultural gap? They might not be music. But it might, like, when I say music, like, aren't creating music, but have that cultural influence or that cultural currency, but bridging that gap to where the real currency is, where labels can give out a million-dollar deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I think it's, like, about... I know you don't have the answer. <laughs> yeah. No, no. No, I feel that. I feel that. It, I think it's more so just even where are we even getting our money from. It's, like, we only think inner labels are investing in music. Well, I think the publishing business, for example, is... is you know, hedge funds are investing in publishing catalogs. They're they're buying, they're spending twenty million dollars, which is well, maybe a twelve times multiple or twenty times multiple of whatever that publishing catalog made last year. So what that cal- is a simple calculation. So if your publishing catalog in twenty eighteen made five hundred thousand uh, dollars, you know, if a somebody buys it for fifteen times the multiple, it's fifteen times five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. And a lot of hedge funds are getting into that business because they see the the, st- the streams of income that that music. Um, so many people outside of music are investing in music, uh, yeah. like like we've never seen before. You know, Red Bull is is a fucking energy drink company, and yeah. you know they have their own publishing company and, and their own record label, and you know Urban Outfitters. There's rumors that you know, they started their own sort of music division and, and uh, let record label. And there's so many other companies like that. Mm-hmm. So it's like I think the traditional way of how we're even seeking to get the money is flawed. And I think I think that's how we how we kind of fix this. Okay. You like we gotta we gotta understand the value of you know what you're you're offering. So you know music. This is how much you make off streaming, or this is how much money you make off whatever avenue you're you're, you're doing, and merch or whatever it is. And then you know you don't have to go to a, a well to combat against that to combat against that. But I I'm like I'm solution oriented, so I just like try to get to the root of it. Right. Um, I think that a lot of times those companies. One, if you are, like, everyone's not like Carl, and we're, like, sharing that information. Like, if you're in Red Bull and you're in Urban Outfitters, why aren't you sharing with the culture, the community, like, hey, this is coming? Like, we don't even see it coming, or a lot of people might not even know, or might not be privy to this information to say, I can take it to Urban, I can take it to Red Bull, or I can take it to this, Hennessy is starting, like, a mini, like, like you know what I'm saying? Like, anything. W Hotel has one. Yeah, W Hotel. Like, it's like, we don't know. A lot of people on the ground don't know, and, um... Yeah, I just feel like we aren't, everyone's not like you. So what's the best way for the culture, I guess, to like figure that you should figure this shit out and get attain this information? Yeah, you know, I think you got to learn what happened yesterday to like address what happens in the future. But I was telling you earlier, you know, I think true genius is foresight. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of it's like if you don't have foresight, 
then you're not a genius or you don't have that ability <laughs> to sort of predict what's next. So it's like, I think the only way you develop that, that, that ability to have foresight is learning what happened in the past and in your, in your industry or whatever it is you're doing. And then sort of, you know, tinkering, get, cultivate experiences for yourself, get out in the community, talk to the kids. You know, you know, there's a whole bunch of other things that, you know, I do on a consistent basis. I'm not even trying to do, but if I was looking back, I'd be like, oh man, I was like, you know, I was out there really cultivating experiences for mm -hmm. myself and allowed me to have some sort of foresight. Oh, that's where things are gonna go. What, what gave you the confidence to say, I, I know I could do this on my own. Like I could start my own firm. I know I've seen stories and you said you were at a firm and right. you said, hey, I kind of know what direction I want to go. Right. And I, I know that I can do this on my own. I don't need anybody to kind of show me the way. Uh, what gave, what was that, that point? Uh, yeah, when I realized like, there's a couple things that, that weighed in my favor. When I realized one, no one ever knows what the hell they're talking about. You said no yeah. one knows what they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it was just like, you know, you get in the rooms of people and you're like, oh, you live the, like, I've been studying for hours to answer some of these questions that you just don't even know. Yeah. Or, you know, I, I would also say, um, technology and streaming and those things came around and it just like, you could have 50 years of experience, but you know, this is almost like a new arena. Yeah. And who knows this arena better than us? Like the kids who grew up in it. So I think a lot of the concepts that are introduced in the law now, uh, you know, they're just a little bit more ready in my head than maybe someone who might have been practicing, you know, you know, for through the past 30 years. I grew up in this sort of, yeah. this time. So I think technology and streaming, no one, and think about it, like it's still being- Understood or learned. Understood, <laughs> yeah. or, you know, we're, we're, we still don't know what's going on. So yeah. I, I, what that just made me do is just, you know, understand all the stuff that's going on in that space and just, you know, I've, I've just as much of opinion or just as much of, you know, foresight, I guess, you know, for lack of a better word, as the next person, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, so you're a, you're a fan of the streaming. Um, so we talk about foresight, we talk about the future. Right. Um, being an attorney, people's lives can go in a lot of different ways. Yeah. So I know right now you focus a lot on producers and, and, and artist deals, but where do you see the attorney or a folks firm um, headed, like in 10 years, or for yourself maybe, you know what I mean? Like where do you see things headed? Oh, uh, you know, I, I will hope that there be less of a need for attorneys. Really? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm not really self-preserving. It's never gonna happen, because somebody's always gonna be trying to fuck somebody with. Or, yeah, True, <laughs> it, it, and that's why I'm not worried, yeah. you know, or like, but I'm not really self-preserving in that sense. It's like, I'm, I, I like evolution. You know, I really value, uh, you know, people's growth and society's growth and innovation. So it's like, yeah. if I'm not here tomorrow doing the same thing, it's like, you know, that's, that's okay with me. I don't, I don't get afraid by that. So yeah. I think smart contracts, uh, having those things in place, you blockchains and fusion to the music business, um, just want to want to be ahead on that and, and seeing how. For those know, who don't know, what's a blockchain? Yeah, it's just like a, it's a, it's a form of. Uh, connectivity, I'll call it, that allows people to, it's a technology that yeah. that, that, that eliminates human error in a lot of sense. So, mm -hmm. you know, for lack of better, you know, a better definition, you know, it, how it applies to the, to the music industry is, you know, there would be less streaming metadata issues. Uh, blockchain would definitely just streamline the process of getting deals done quicker, getting people paid out quicker. Right. Uh, apps like STEM that you can enter STEM, different right. um, artists and different contributors to the and, song. And it it's goes like everybody gets paid. Platforms. You put their right. percentage in, Correct. and it knows how much they pay for right. space yeah. or how much is being brought in. And then like you enter it, and then it goes across all mediums, yeah. like across the world. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That's fire using, though. Using blockchain, and it's like 
You know, I think that scares people, like, because everyone's self-preserving, uh, right? It's like, oh, yeah. you know, uh, we everyone's like, uh, you know, how's how is, but that's okay. You know, we're all figuring it out. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fire, man. I mean, I definitely want people to like tap in with you, but I think you make yourself pretty visible and known. I don't know if we're gonna get you any new fans. I feel like anybody that follows Two Seater probably knows about Trump. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's funny too because <laughs> I, I made myself really, really available, and I, I'd say for, for the past three months I've been kind of like walking that back. Uh, you know, I've been and now in terms of the content I put, I'm always going to continue. Like the, the, that's almost feels like my right. Yeah, uh, like that's more part of my purpose of like continuously putting out content for people to digest but uh being so accessible i never understood why like guys like hove it actually used to piss me off like why hove was like so inaccessible or because i was like man we need you to be accessible out of all people yeah you heard thug he was but, like yeah you you need to show us how to make a billion dollars all right everybody needs to know how to make a billion dollars but <laughs> then i started getting a bit more attention uh, and positive you know, my, and my line and well not even you know i don't even care about the negative right I mean, right right completely fact uh, but no, just the amount of inquiries going up. Like I get it, like five to six new emails a day. Yeah, you know that's a, that's insane. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Or you know people hitting you across all different platforms. Yo, I sent you an email. Like you know, yo, you know, on Instagram and yeah. Twitter, just like literally constantly, you know, hitting my inbox. And yeah. it's like, damn, like it's just overwhelming. Yeah. Like it, it's really overwhelming. So. I think I'm still dealing with that part. Well, of I'm glad I caught you before you just went full ghost, full uh, full hope move. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not ever going to do that. <laughs> not, no disrespect to hope, but it's more like uh, I'm just. I'm trying to learn what what, what the best balance yeah, is for that. For sure. If there's anything you want to just share uh, with the two seater audience before we wrap up, definitely share your socials. Let them know if anybody, but a slight chance, isn't hit for following <laughs> and getting free gems. You know what I'm saying? Definitely tell them where to follow you and leave them with something that you might have wanted to make sure you got, you got out. Yeah, I'll do it too. I'll, I'll start with just like what I want people to just live and die on. It's just that honor code, man. You know, win or loss, you know, you'll be able to look at yourself in the mirror uh, with respect and dignity and, and happiness and live a peaceful life if you did things the right way. So it's not about just getting on or doing any business or taking every check, take the right checks, build right. the right business, uh, and don't compromise your integrity. Uh, trying to get on don't just try to get on um, and then you know in terms of my socials uh, you know ESQ folks uh, across every platform and then like I said you know you can reach me at how you spell folks uh, that's a good point <laughs> ESQ F-O-W-L-K-E-S and you know it's Carl folks with a K um, yeah I'm pretty easy to reach I-, I would say best mode is email which it's on most basically all, all of my my platforms so uh, if you have a good question, reach out. Um, but make sure you, you make, make sure you respect my time. We appreciate you coming <laughs> and rocking with two seater. 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 Two Copy my
my bitch, she said, what's the sitch? Sailor I kicks, all black, my drip be revenge of the sith All hands on deck when we tryna get rich Adam sell that shit can change for the click Batman, you turn your back on me, I dip Nintendo intentions, you play me, you switch I had to revive all of the mix Every time I wrist go flick it, go switch Take it a race, make it switch, I don't miss I'm gifted like I had a Merry Christmas About to hit every bad bitch on my list She's taking my dick, that's like she got a list she like a lease, but she call it a lease. I am a leap, but I am a bit lit. Forget the team, you ain't a member of shit. Pick up my wrist, go switch, don't miss. 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 Pick up my wrist, go switch, Your nature get naughty. naughty. Ooh, 
hate it, they feel us so salty. Protect cost 60 plus 40. If you talking about money, involve me. I'm about to hop in the race for something. I'm about to fill up my safe for something. Heard you been building a case for months. Hit them with AK for breakfast and lunch. They go with murder. Savages, we take the beef out the burp. Green Lamborghini pull up, they go curb.